HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Hannah Borden for Heritage Radio Network on tour here at Good Food Mercantile in Brooklyn. Our coverage today is supported in part by the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. I am very excited to talk to two very lovely specialists in the Italian food world here in the U.S., one hailing from Oakland and the other hailing from the Bronx, our dear friend Beatrice Wigi. Did I say it right? Ugly, I'm sorry. Ugly. Petrice Ugly. And Rolando Beramendi from Mancaretti Italian Food Importers in Oakland. So thank you both so much. I'm already having fun before the recording starts. Um, so both of you have some goodies here on the table. What do we have here? So I have our new product from Gustiamo, which is a condiment, a balsamic condiment. Which is, and one, uh, Rolando is tasting, and also Heritage Food is tasting. And, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's a balsamic condiment. It is a combination of Saba, sweet Saba, and uh, Young Balsamico, the two products, which are two completely different products, mixed together, aged six years, and it gives you a very viscous, complex um, aroma and, and taste that mm-hmm. is very good for dressing. It is made in Modena by Mariangela Montanari of the Cadalnon. Cadalnon is the uh, acetaia. Yeah. Acetaia is called Balsabamo 6. This is our new product. We love it. It's perfect for... It's not as... Uh, uh, imbo- is important as a balsamico traditionale, but it's a, a, a complex structure. You should explain, Beatrice, what Saba is. To most people, do people know what uh, Saba is? I thought everybody here would know what Saba is. Saba is the grape must uh, that has been cooked in an open uh, uh, copper uh, big pot Cauldron, on the yeah. fire. And for many hours, 48, 50 hours, depending on the weather, and it gives you a liquid that is very sweet that the Romans, the Romans, would use as a sweetener together with the honey. So it's one together with the honey is the 
uh, the all the sweetener yes. human being known of. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Roland? I love it How because I like it. It's very bright. I like the brightness that it has. Usually, uh, balsamics to me they taste. They tend to be extremely sweet because I think everybody likes balsamic for that reason because it's overly sweet. That's why it's so successful in America, balsamic, because it's sweet. <laughs> and instead, this one has a really nice, bright finish and to it. And this is not the industrial balsamic that people ah. can find on the shelves of the supermarket. This is made only with grapes, grape master, nice. and it's beautiful. And uh, I think that uh, with our Mariangela, we love her, nice uh, woman producer of Aceto Balsamico Tradicional, and this one. And how would you suggest um, people use this? I'm, I'm, we're tasting it on its own, and it's fabulous, but I'm fabulous sure... Fabulous, it's tasting on its own as a digestive, but also clearly on salads, vegetables, cooking. And again, it's less, uh, it's less uh, important, less uh, committal as uh, the balsamico tradizionale. It's, uh, oh. I mean, it's well, you would never, you would never put traditional exactly. in a salad, right? Exactly. But this one you so can. So it's a balsamic condiment, but real uh, grapes, uh, real products, uh, organic grapes. Yes. I did. Beautiful. It. And what do you have, Rolando? I brought instead something from uh, that I was in the Marche, south of Ancona, last yeah, last uh, week, and it's actually called. Pacasasi. They're called Pacasasi because they break the stones, these to, plants. You have to describe the day what I, what I have. It looks it, a little bit like seaweed. Uh -huh. It uh, Almost like seaweed, but instead it's a, it's a succulent plant that grows on the seaside all around uh, the Mediterranean. And it has a, a very incredible texture. It's almost like purslan or, you know, more of a succulent plant. And it's a wild plant. It's right? a wild plant, but these friends of mine, what they did is they managed to take the seeds of the, the blossoms that looks like a fennel blossom. Right. And then they did all the plantings, and they did three hectares of this particular weed. They managed to grow it. And then what they do is they harvest between May and June only. The, the tender shoots, and then what they do is they pickle them for about 20 days, and then they send it to us marinated in olive oil, a really so good olive oil. I, I'm tasting them. First of all, they look beautiful, green, They're and uh, and uh, the taste is uh, like uh, fennel. It, it is, is a, fennel? It's almost like fennel, but Would it has a little bit pork? of carrot. Would you use it with pork? It's delicious on, you know how they served it to me, Beatrice? They served it on a little toasted piadina, so flat bread, warm, with burrata, mortadella, and this. It was just perfect. I mean, there's mortadella, they eat it in panini de mortadella. And so but I it was... I want to know, but these, these, your friends, how did they come up with the idea of making this... Because significant production. Because what the, the in the area in the Cornero, you know, the, the, the there south of Ancona, it's a natural park. The people have always gone to uh, harvest these tender shoots and they make it in their pantry, and they will put it in their pantry. Right. Instead, so what they did is they said, well, maybe we should make a production out of this, and so it's basically making a cultivation of a weed. 
and then making it a pickle so that we can enjoy it in the different parts of the world. It's but it's delicious. so amazing that, you know, you say, how come we, I've been in the food business well, in Italy for know. 30 years, right? And this is what I get so excited. Sassi. Not spacca sassi, no, spacca but spacca sassi. Sottolio. Sottolio. And, uh, and they are crunchy also. They're crunchy. The they're delicious. And did you notice it has a little, almost like a kerosene flavor to it? Yeah. Because it has so much, so many minerals. It's right. full of minerals. Right. And it's so good for you. I've been told that, you know, I don't like to talk about health claims on, on food because I think we should enjoy them and eat them. No. Yeah. It's going to be the next turmeric, Beatrice. Oh. oh, you'll see. Look out, world. You heard it here first. The new turmeric. And it has like a lemony flavor, too. Yes. It's, um, it's all the minerals. It's, yeah. and, ha- and also what they've been doing is they're, they're using it for um, uh, also for cosmetics because of the beautiful qualities that it has in it, too. Wow, that's delicious. It's very unusual, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a flavor that I never tasted before. Yeah. I think it would be beautiful with seafood, too. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, life changed. Delicious. <laughs> um, we were talking a little bit about um, these, these, this beautiful show. Yeah. It's a, and, what and a treat to be here, Beatrice, you know? Tell us about what you love about Good Food Mercantile and the type of retailers you see here, the type of producers you see here. I found it a very inspiring experience. Very inspiring and very, um, I, I, I have not had the time to go through many of the, what we will do right after this, but it is to see our uh, merchants, the, 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 our good merchants, the good stores who buy also from that buy also from our company, from Manicaretti's. It's like, a, a, and they, of course, the, the producers, the, uh, it's like being in a smaller environment and uh, being like at the end of the fancy food show, so you cannot avoid to make a comparison uh, because we just did the food fancy food show. You cannot avoid to say that uh, this is the real thing, as I'm sure Rolando uh, agrees and uh, and, and, uh, and where you find real people who really care about the, what they're doing about the passion. I, I, what I enjoy the most is the type of conversations that I have in here are so far and beyond anything that I can have a conversation anywhere else in any kind of work situation because people are more relaxed and it's just it's so inspiring to be here and everybody's inspired. And I think that where you're surrounded with people who are creating new things and if you can be a part of the conversation, it's, it's just really, it's a thrill for us to be here. I'm, yeah. I'm very honored. And everybody wants you to meet the next, the producers next to you. Yeah. So there is no competition, there is no, there are no secrets. Everybody's open and transparent and it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a one world. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, it's like being in a, in a new type of church, isn't it? Right, <laughs> right, right. right, right. <laughs> Following the Church of Good Food. And the I mean, Church you two of Good are a perfect food. example. I mean, your your neighbors here at, at the fair, um, you're working in the same space. I'm sure you have a lot of the same retailers. Um, yeah, and, and yeah but you're, Beatrice you're and I have you one have thing in common, is we promote the good food of Italy. 
We, we have the real authentic people and her table and my table. And uh, we have been in business almost 20 years, I think you more. 30 you for me, yes. 30, <laughs> but 30, Rolando, I uh, opened Gustiamo 20 years ago. So it's quite, a, I mean, it's quite an experience. We know to respect, so even if we work in the same environment, we respect each other very, very much. So there is the, so we consult each other. We it's like it's a we partnership. We complain about our producers together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a great relationship and uh, it helps because we don't feel alone. Otherwise, sometimes uh, doing what we do, uh, which is very very difficult, and uh, and uh, you you feel abandoned by the whole world of industrial product, cheap product, fake product. And instead, we often talk together, and uh, and um, it's just a, a reality check. I mean, yes, I'm not alone. It's very important. I think that what Beatrice and I do is we're basically, uh, I, I call myself the Golden Gate Bridge between you know Italy and the United States, and and she's the Brooklyn Bridge, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or yes. the George Washington yes. Bridge, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Because the <laughs> house is in the Bronx. But we're constantly translating. We're trying to explain to the Italians what the American people want and then to the, Ita to the Americans what the Italian people do. And we're constantly, we're diplomats of sorts, you know. I'm curious, um, it seems like obviously we can say a lot of things about the American consumer that might not be uh, as familiar with... Um, what is here, unusual products, unusual flavors. I'm curious if you've, you've both been in business for a long time and you're very well established. Have you noticed any sort of shift in terms of the sophistication and flexibility of the American palate and what uh, people are willing to um, try that might not uh, be familiar? Well, without the American uh, people and without the American palate, many of the products of Italy wouldn't exist. They would have disappeared. And instead, because we have the fortune of working with the American retailers and chefs and consumers that we know, without the American people, I always say it would be it, it would be turning the light off on the universe. And it is very interesting to see how the the research for good quality products, whether they are Americans or Italians, it's really. Um, uh, moving. It's not only New York, uh, uh, Manhattan, uh, or no. Brooklyn, or Oakland, and San Francisco. It's really, I see more and more, Spreading. I don't know, yeah. Orlando. Uh, I mean, they, they come from really, like yesterday, just yesterday, the Fancy Food Show, I met two beautiful people. One has a, seven or eight good restaurants in Wisconsin. I cannot even tell you the name of the town, because it's uh, like... Uh, but so he he is a she, the chef. He was knew everything, almost everything. And I mean, it was wow. And the second one in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, and a woman who is opening a cooking school, and she also wanted. So I mean, not that Nashville is in the middle of nowhere, but it's not. But you know, but yeah. you see more and yeah. more yeah. like your map. It has these little flags in. Uh, I always say Tennessee. that you know we. The American people, what I have noticed in the last 30 years is from, you know, from the first time that I started when they didn't even know what extra virgin olive oil was. And they still, many people do, still don't, but 
but it's the they, they, the curiosity of the American people is so wonderful because they want to learn, they want to hear, they love the stories. If you tell them the story of how a product happens and the traditions, they they immediately will taste it and then they taste it, but then it becomes part of their own life. They're not, they don't, it's not like they eat it and then they push it away. They, it's part of their their, their repertoire almost, right? Yeah, that's such an interesting point, I think, because that's one thing that definitely separates um, uh, quote-unquote whatever American culture is, but there's so much variation. And for people who maybe are not descended from recent immigrants, they don't have a culinary identity. Right. They don't have a gastronomic history. And so by introducing new ingredients, new products to them, you're almost helping to create their own personal yeah. culinary history. Yeah. And, and yeah, the stories are so important to that. You can become connected, like, you know, this this amazing, tell me how to pronounce sea the fennel. name of it. Sea fennel. Sea fennel. <laughs> you know, never in my wildest dreams would I, I have thought I would eat it. And it's fabulous. And now I want to eat it all the time. Oh. So you've been part of that educating process as veterans of the industry. But and, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the reason why I'm always excited to be here is also because I think people get it. You know, you try to sell, bring this to somebody on the other side of Italy, they will laugh at me, you know. But the Americans don't laugh at you. They take it and they, they will eat it and get excited about it. And in particular, <laughs> in particular, so in Americans in general, Americans who understand uh, what we are talking about, have traveled, uh, perhaps they want to market region where this fantastic product comes from. But also, so, but here in particular, going back to where we started from, uh, the, this expo, the Good Food Awards, the Mercantile, it's, uh, you, so, uh, you, you, it's beautiful to be here because uh, the discourse is already starts at a different level. Mm -hmm. So you, have, so you, you oh. just, so you are one, ha past, one step ahead. So you don't have to start from, you know, you know that everybody who comes here has a certain knowledge uh, and uh, understanding and in particular culture because let's remember quality is culture it's uh, talking about our tradition our culture it's it's a it's a language it's it's a real it's like what rita was telling me before he said this is a house full of believers you know <laughs> <laughs> <It> is, <yeah. laughs> you're, you're preaching to the converted yeah. al already it's, it's good to be here oh wonderful so what are you, um, we've tasted some very special things. What else are you excited to share with Good Food Mercantile and everyone in this room? Um, what, are you, what are you most excited to share? What am I most excited here today or our products? Uh, what yeah. can I tell you? Oh, we are mostly excited. Not even Rolando knows this. But we have a, a, a pop-up sale of uh, summer panettones. In August, so we have a guy, a guy, no, I mean, he, he will kill me if I say a guy, a, a very important chef in Padua who bakes our panettone in the wintertime. You must know that in Italy it has become more and more popular to serve panettone, which is this uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas cake, it's uh, beautiful, if it is beautiful, it's beautiful, otherwise it could be horrible. Uh, uh, only during the winter holidays. And, uh, Davide Paolini made that happen because he put it, he was taking a picture of him in Sardegna last summer 
eating panettone right. in August, right? So, so you follow in him. Italy, they want to re, re, at least make the panettone tradition more, uh, more uh, year seasonal round. year round. Year round. But so, I mean, more often. And so in August, we are importing this new panettone, which is going to be very yellow because it also has cook not only the fresh eggs wow. the good flour the good butter but also curcuma a blend of spices ginger and curcuma so it's really so this is our pop-up for the, this is our announcement for for the for the for the uh, good food awards mercantile show yeah panettone in august on the on the beach in Coney island it will be great <laughs> On the swimming pool in the Hamptons. There you go. It's perfect. It's the perfect summer <laughs> snack. Although last summer, With a glass of rosé. Thanks to you, <laughs> I ate a lot of pandoro and panettone, and it was... <laughs> he's amazing. He's amazing. Okay, Rolando, what are you most excited to share? i just so excited. I've noticed the reaction of people. We brought in really good taralli. You know what taralli are? They're little sort of like little round... Uh, cracker of mm -hmm. a sort. I don't know how you could call it. It's almost like a grissini dough. But pretzel, but not Like pretzel. almost pretzel like, but very crumbly. One of the that best things that I put in my mouth today, by the way. Oh my so God, good. thank you. But it's made with really good flour and extremely good, fresh, extra virgin olive oil. There's no rancid. That most of the stuff that you find at the stores in, in the U.S. is crap. And, and, and not, this is, they're not fresh, they're not, and they're with, made with rancid oil. So finally, I'm so excited, I'm going to be able to eat who really makes good, who makes it? Who this makes is uh, Biscottificio Danieli, north Puglia? of Puglia, Puglia. Yeah. in Bari, that near, near Bari. Can't wait to taste it. Yeah. You'll have to take us on a field trip, we'll have to go. <laughs> Let's do it. Take Let's us on a it. tour of Italy. But those are the perfect thing for a glass of rosé in the afternoon. I'm looking forward to that. And with <laughs> that, I'm ready for my glass of afternoon rosé. Peter um, Jay, Rolando, thank you so much for joining us. I'll let you get back to selling all of your, your beautiful products. Um, but it's thank you so much. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. You know, I'm a big fan of Heritage Radio, so the thank you. The feeling is mutual.